Tommy, can you bring me the lapel mic up? I forgot to grab it. But we're in Matthew, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 25. And notice what it says. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. Uh, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That, those last two verses there are two of my favorite verses in the Bible. They're kind of what I've ex- adopted as my life verse. And that is, whosoever be chief among you, let him be your servant. That is what Jesus came. He came not to be ministered unto. He came to minister. While he was here on this earth, he ministered. He did work. He thought about others. And all the work that he did, it was not to build something for himself. Everything he did was for other people. Every single thing he did, especially when he went to the cross, that was all about benefiting other people. And, you know, Jesus' disciples, we see they weren't really much different than most people today. Because when we see Jesus addressing these things, it was often after arguments they had about who was the greatest. And, you know, we, it is human nature for us to want to create hierarchies and ranks and areas where we really don't need them. But we do it anyway. These ranks often are nothing more than ways that we can exalt ourselves while at the same time pulling others down. And this is not a good thing. It is worldly. It is a very worldly thing. In any organization, though, you do need a leader. But this shouldn't be something that goes to our head or something that exalts yourself. You know, every construction crew needs a foreman. You just, you have to have one. Every factory needs that manager. You know what? Every church needs a bishop. You know, even the role of bishop or pastor in a church, it's not something that should just go to somebody's head to cause them to get lifted up. You know what it should do? It should humble them, and it should be something that sobers them to think, you know what? I've been given a very important office. I've been given a very important responsibility and as a pastor, I ought to take it very serious. And many times, you know, the manager or the foreman, they're often there in that position because they have the most experience or because they've earned that spot. But it's not always the case, you know, and it might be the case today. But, you know, eventually they might have somebody that works in there that becomes more qualified. But it doesn't always guarantee that they're immediately going to be in charge. The truth is they've got the job. They need to do their job. The people that are under them, they need to do their job too. And everybody's in the will of God when they're in their place doing what God wants them to do. And as a Christian, we, especially as a Christian, we should be focused on our work and not our position. That shouldn't even be a thought about what's my position, how can I get this position. We should always just look at where has God put me, what work has he given me to do, and how can I do this to the best of my ability? How can I accomplish as much as possible with the position God has given me? Your goal as a Christian, you know, in any job should be just to do the best you can in whatever position you hold. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Uh, For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Colossians 3.22 says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but with singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, 
knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. So think about this. When you're doing work in the church, your goal should not be, you know, what can I get from the church? What recognition I, should I get, can I get from the church? Your mindset should always be, hey, I'm working for the Lord right now, and He's going to reward me someday. That should always be your mindset. I am working for the Lord. Whatever position you have, God's giving me this position right now. I am going to use it for Him, and I'm going to wait and see what He does for me, not what everybody else does. I want to wait and see how God recognizes the work I've done, not what Pastor Tommy does or what he says, what the people of Liberty Baptist Church say, what God says, that needs to be our mindset. And what I want to do tonight, and this is going to be kind of an unusual type of message, but I, I want to take some of these principles about teamwork and specifically apply them to church soul winning. And I also want to make sure that everybody, that I, I want to make sure we're all on the same page when it comes to our philosophy here in the church, when it comes to our organized soul winning efforts. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we're working towards the same thing. Because what could happen, and thank God for the fact that you know our soul winning program is a growing thing, that more and more people are getting involved. But the more people that get involved, you know, the more wills you have, the more ideas you have. And every and everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's got their priority. And if we're not careful, it can kind of become a free-for-all and it can become, there can, conflicts can arise, and all of a sudden we can start, you know, hurting our efforts that we make if we're not careful, and we don't want to lose that teamwork attitude. And so I really want to explain this because hopefully it'll help you understand why we do some of the things the way we do. And hopefully it'll help you understand too, as we have a meeting tonight, and I, I talk about some things that I'd like to do and where we could, you know, use some leadership and more help. It'll help you understand where we're trying to get, what we're trying to accomplish. And I think if we're all on the same page, I think it will really help a lot. So uh, I'm kind of preaching this message to just set everything up for uh, what we're going to do later. And so, you know, first thing we need to understand, as a Christian, and I want to make sure everybody understands this, as a Christian, as a saved person, you have the right and you have the authority to tell anyone you want, anywhere you want, anytime you want about Jesus. Everybody understand that? And I, and I want to point that out because in a lot of churches, they act like we're out of line when we like go outside our zone to go soul winning. And I didn't know we had a zone. Okay? I, thought, I thought it was all the world. You know, pe- uh, you know, people will just like, you know, you know, why are you guys going to Chicago? You know, why are you guys going to these other places? I mean, these, it's not like these people can come to your church. And it's like, we're just trying to get people saved. Shouldn't be that weird. In fact, and uh, you know, I sometimes get phone calls. I got a phone call recently because somebody was soul winning in uh, Dubuque, Iowa, and uh, and this lady called. And she doesn't understand why we're out there, you know, knocking on apartments in Dubuque, Iowa, and our church is all the way in Rock Falls. And at the time, I didn't know who it was, and and she didn't leave a callback number. But you know, when I heard that, and she was pretty upset about it, I was just like. I felt pretty good about that. And, and I've gotten a few of those from aggravated people that can't figure out why we're in these other towns. And, and the thing is, and I've talked to some of these people and I tell them it's because we're trying to get people saved. Yeah, but they can't come to your church. You don't, it's like, you don't have to go to our church to get saved. You know, people, if people hear the gospel and they believe it, they call on the Lord for salvation, they're going to go to heaven. 
And they just, it does not compute. And I get that, you know, from an apartment complex manager or a laws person or something like that. But when preachers start doing that, that's what I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? You know, how dare you interfere in my territory? You know, <laughs> you know I, I'm sorry. I, but I'm telling you right now, I, I've gotten several messages, phone calls from people that were angry for a lot of different reasons. But I've probably, I don't know if I've ever gotten a, a phone call a message that when I heard it, it upset me, like, you know, shame on our soul winners. You know, usually it was people getting mad for everybody doing really good things. And so I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, you know, if you, if you get me phone calls and nasty messages, I don't get upset with you. I get a warm, fuzzy feeling, and it, it makes me feel good. And you have, you have the right and the authority to do that. Now, I will say this, you know, too, because, you know, nobody needs a church's permission to tell someone about Jesus. But in case somebody thinks you do, just tell them you've got this church's permission, all right? You know, just, yeah. Hey, you've got my permission for anyone who thinks you need it. Okay? And if I find out that you were in Timbuktu, you know, knocking on doors and he passed out our literature or whatever, I'm, I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> I, I promise you, you have my permission to do that. But I, I will say this, you know, you should get a church's permission if you're going to use their materials. Because there are some churches that are weird about that. And that would be embarrassed if somebody was, you know, using their materials outside their zone. And it's like, you know, I mean, when it comes to their church, when it comes to their material, I guess they have the right to make whatever rules they want. And if they're going to be embarrassed at somebody from their church going outside their zone, I think you should just respect that and just come get some of our materials and uh, we'll let you use our stuff. And I've, I've gotten calls too from people in other states where it's been people that have visited our church and they've taken a bunch of our stuff. And, not, and you know what? I get a warm, fuzzy feeling when I get those angry phone calls, too. Uh, I've got no problem with that. As long as people... And again, un unless I get a phone call saying, you know, these people were being jerks, you know, they wouldn't leave when we told them, you know, you know when we told them to leave, meaning somebody's house, okay? I don't, apartment complex managers, they're another story. But, you know, I, I said, I, I've yet to get the phone call where I was like, you know, I, I was upset or embarrassed. That hasn't happened yet. But, you know, when you are, uh, you know, because when you go out, you are going out as an ambassador for Christ. And you do have the right to do things how you please. I mean, you can dress how you want as long as it doesn't violate anything in the Bible. But at the same time, too, if you're going out as an ambassador of a church, you should respect that church's rules. And, and some churches, you know, they have really high standards for dress and they don't want anybody going out without a shirt and tie on. If that's that church's rule and you're out for that church, you should follow that. And I, I, I believe that uh, I, I'll respect that church's authority in that area. If we, if we go help another church with soul winning and they've got that standard, if their standard is white shirts and ties out soul winning, if we're going to go help them, you know what I'm going to tell all the guys we bring? Wear a white shirt and tie. Because right? we're, we're kind of under their authority right now as we help them. And so I, I do believe you ought to respect that, but just understand uh, you do, you know, our, our church, when you're representing us, you know, we let you kind of do what you want to do. So just keep that in mind. But, you know, when you go out, you can choose a location as you see fit. You can go out whatever day you want. You can choose a time that suits you. And really the only request that I have as a pastor, when you go out soul winning, especially representing our church, is that if you're somewhere local especially, that you keep track so we don't hit that area 
you know, right, right after that. Because we don't want to harass people. We don't want to be going there over and over again. And so, uh, and one thing too, I just ordered one. I'm hoping it works. Uh, I'm hoping it looks good. I, I found a, a website you can get custom maps made because the maps of our area aren't very good that we can get. And I'm trying to get, uh, I want to get custom maps for the different towns from around here. That, and we're going to have like a whole wall with all the different maps. And I want to, I want, I need help keeping track of all that stuff because I don't know about you. I, those visual things help me. You know, they, those visual things motivate me. You know, if you're out too on your own, not at the organized time and you get people saved, you know what? Let us know about that. You know, we will count them, uh, you know, with our soul winning numbers because you're a part of our church. And um, so it's not about the numbers, but don't those things motivate us? You know, they, I know they help me marking off areas on a map. I like those visual things. They help keep me motivated. And so that's really the only, that's the only thing we're asking is just if you're, you know, let us know what you accomplish as far as getting people saved and help mark off the areas that you do so we don't send a group right there. You know, you guys go out on Friday and then we go out on Saturday and hit that same area. That's just not going to set those soul owners up very good that day. Uh, so, um, said so it's not about the numbers, but we all need motivation when it comes to soul winning because soul is not always an easy thing to do. Sometimes we feel like it. You know, after you go to a good you know, conference or a soul winning meeting or something, you hear a good message on soul winning, you're fired up and ready to go. But there's other times, let's face it, maybe I'm the only one like this, I just don't feel like it. And we need those, we need those motivators. And so uh, marking areas off on a map, it does three things. One, it keeps us organized, but it often motivates us to see what we've accomplished. And you know what it does? It also kind of gives us a vision for what needs to be done. You know, and it, it would be good. It'd be good for some of you to just go and, you know, get a map of some place and just say, you know what, that's my town. You know, take one of the smaller towns around here and just say, you know what, me or my family, whatever, we are going to knock out that whole town all by ourselves. And if you do, if you want to claim an area, if you want to do uh, a Caleb and say, I want that mountain, you know what, we'll give it to you. All right, I'll tell all the soul winners. Stay away from that town. We've given that area to whoever. That's all theirs. It, that, I, I think that's a great thing. Nothing wrong with doing that. Um, try to save the closer areas for the organized sorting on Sundays and stuff. We don't want to have to go real far. But, you know, if you want some smaller towns that are out there a little ways, that, you know, that, that'd be a blessing and a help. But, so when you go out as an ambassador for Christ and as a representative of this church, you should follow the leadership of that church. And it says in, in Matthew 16, verse 18, again, if you want to just do what you want to do, that's fine. You've got every right and authority to do that. But when it comes to the organized soul winning that we have as a church, you should follow the leadership of that church. Matthew 16, 18, I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give unto thee the kings of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus showing that, he, that heaven recognizes the authority that he has given to his leadership and to his church on this earth. Heaven recognizes that authority. It says the same thing in Matthew 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, 
Tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear unto the church, to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You know what Jesus is saying here? When it comes to this thing, you've got this process that you've got to go through when it comes to dealing with conflicts. And you know who the final authority is that he's given us on earth? It's the church. And then he said, well, I only care about what heaven thinks. Well, you know what heaven thinks? It thinks what the church thinks. That's what Jesus is saying right here. And so just understand, every church has its area of authority. And you know what? Just mark this down too. Every church is going to do things a little bit different when it comes to their soul winning program. Every church is going to operate different. They're going to have different soul winning times. They're going to have a little bit different method, different dress code, different, I mean, different. There's going to be all kinds of differences. And you know what you should do? You should get involved in whatever that church's program is in that you are in. And there's nothing more annoying than when somebody comes from another church. Well, this is the way we did it at our other church. Well, I'm very thankful that you were obedient to the authority of that church when you were in that church. But I thought now you're in this church. So you know what? You need to do the same thing. You were in the will of God when you followed their leadership. And you know what? You will be out of the will of God if you continue to follow their leadership and not cooperate with what we have going on over here. Because you're a part of this church now. And so just, you know, understand. And, you know, it's not always about whose plan is the best. Because there's a lot of things you've got to factor in there. What, should, what matters is who's in authority right here. And you need to recognize that church's authority. So let me explain my thinking when it comes to organized soul winning at Liberty Baptist Church. Because, again, um, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great that people do soul winning on their own. I love that. I would never, I'm not discouraging that in any way. Anybody that does it, I hope you keep doing it. If you're not doing it, it'd be great if you started doing it. But at the same time, you know, as a church, it's my responsibility as a pastor too, that I think to make sure we have an official organized soul winning time at this church, because there's a, there's a lot of reasons for it. There's a lot of reasons I believe it is necessary. And so uh, just a few things to kind of help you understand my thinking and where we're trying, what we're trying to accomplish with our organized soul winning here at the church is first off, organized soul winning is not necessarily more important than unorganized soul winning. It's not like the people we get saved are more saved than the ones you get saved when you're doing your own thing. It's all good. It's all important. But there, there is a difference and it's important that we have this and we don't ever want anybody's personal soul winning to like be, become a conflict. We should be working as a team here. On this thing. And so organized soul winning, first off, it helps keep us accountable and motivated. And let's face it, most of us need that. There are some people that they are, you know, sincere enough, spiritual enough, hardcore enough, whatever you want to call it, that they will always do it on their own. But you know what? That's not everybody. That they will faithfully do it on their own with no accountability. But you know, most people aren't going to do that. You know, if we don't just don't have organ, organized soul winning, eventually what will happen is we just won't have soul winning. And I've heard, I've heard preachers talk about this before, where you know, people ask them about their you know, soul winning in their church, and they're like, well, you know, we don't have an organized soul winning time, but we encourage people to just you know, go out on their own. And, 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 and hey, that's great people are doing it, but you know what you usually find out in those churches? Nobody's going out. Okay. I'm telling you right now, churches who don't have an organized soul winning time don't have soul winning in their churches. And if there's any exceptions, 
Okay? If there's any exception, it's probably just a couple people, and they're usually outsiders in that church. So just understand, if you don't have an organized soul winning program in your church, you don't have soul winning in your church, probably. So uh, just you know, keep that in mind. And so we're always going to have an organized soul winning time um, and things like that, because most of us need it. Organized soul winning also helps make it easier for people who are new to soul winning to get involved. It's very important that we have a time, because, I mean, you know how hard it was for you to get started in this. You know, people don't just turn it on like that. You know, it's something, you know, some people do. You know, you've watched enough things online and stuff, it got you motivated. But that's not most people. Most people need to, you know, if if there's not a set time, they're just not going to do it. And it's very important that we have times we can tell people, this time, this day, we're going to have people at this church, they're going to go out soul winning, and so you're going to have somebody you can go with, be a silent partner, and learn how to go soul winning. It's very important that we have an, uh, a consistent, organized time like that. Otherwise, some people are just never going to get started. And that's another thing, too. Churches who don't have an organized soul winning, who just, well, we just encourage people to go do it, most of your people are never going to do it. They're just never going to do it unless you have that specific time that they can count on. And so, organized soul winning also helps us to be more thorough in making sure we knock every door and to make sure that we're not all bugging the same people over and over again. Because again, if we're not keeping track of these things and it's just, hey, just every week do what you want, everybody's going to go over to Coloma Homes all the time because that's the easiest place. You know, it's, it's the most receptive. And then, you know, and, and, and I've been told technically we're not even supposed to be there, but, you know, we keep it spaced out enough. We've never had any trouble, but eventually we get kicked out of there because, you know, people be going there all the time. And, and we don't want that. We don't want to be going to the same places over and over again. We'd have this street, right, Emmons Avenue, would be getting knocked all the time because that's the easy one to go to because you can just leave here and go. So, you know, we have to have some organization. And so having those uh, times, you know, having the maps and things where we keep track, it helps us in that area to make sure we're not just bugging the same people over and over again because we don't want to have a bad testimony in this community, do we? You know, we don't want our people going to the city trying to get laws passed to stop what we're doing. And I get it. They can't, you know, technically they can't do that. But do we even really want to have that fight? I don't, I'd rather not deal with that. So if we can just be organized and avoid a lot of that stuff, I think that would be great. And so again, you know, the absence of organized soul winning, it almost always leads to a church that just doesn't go soul winning. So uh, we're always going to, we're always going to keep that going. So when it comes to organized soul winning, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Something we've got to understand about this. I want to make sure everybody just gets this in your head. And I don't know, you know, if I need to preach a few sermons on this subject, just let me know. But someone has to be in charge of where we go. Okay? Somebody's got to be in charge. Now, here's what often happens with organized soul winning. You start putting somebody in charge. And then that person who's in charge becomes a dictator and a maniac, right? You know, but then sometimes too, you know, that person's just doing the best they can. And then you got other people, uh, I don't like this person that's lesser than me being in charge of me. And all of a sudden you get a power struggle going. And folks, power struggles, that shouldn't happen in church. 
based on what we read. You know, that's not, you know, who's going to be chief among you? This exercising lordship, that's a Gentile thing. That's something that a heathen does. It shouldn't matter who's in charge of, that, of soul winning in our church. And look what it says in 1 Corinthians 6. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? So he's getting on to this church for going to the lost for judgment. That's just a foolish thing to do. And you know that's not right. As saints, we're going to judge angels one of these days. We ought to be able to handle judgment here in this earth. We ought to be able to handle some kind of leadership. And you know what? We ought to be able to handle following some leadership. And it shouldn't matter who it is. It says, if you then have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. So it's, you'd be better off having the least esteemed person in the church judging your matters than the heathen. Well, you know what? If we can have the least esteemed in the church judging life matters, don't you think we can put a, and, and, and we'll never label anybody in our church least esteemed, okay? But if the least esteemed person gets put in charge of soul winning, you know what every one of us ought to have the Christianity, we ought to be Christian enough to do, that we ought to have the humility to do, we ought to have the humility to get behind them and to support them and to do what they tell us to do and to go where they need us to go and to follow their lead. It shouldn't matter. If we're having power struggles based on who's in charge, we have a real bad spiritual problem in this church and maybe we need to preach a series of messages on that. All right? And I don't know if we need to do that or not. But you know, if we put somebody in charge of a soul winning time in the area of soul winning and people are getting bent out, well, I'm not going to be a part of that group or whatever. I'm not. Folks, you've got a problem. You, I'm telling you right now, you have a problem if that's your attitude. Well, he thinks that he's all... Are you, do you even really know what he thinks? Are you really able to read their mind? And you, do, you have those people sometimes that are just like super organized and militant and it's just like... You know, you have to do it this way. And, and they can be kind of annoying, you know. I, I try to be easygoing as a leader and, and cut people some slack. But I'm just going to tell you right now, I think sometimes I cut too much slack. And you know what? I, I probably need people in the church, you know, working with me that are sticklers to those things. And they're a little more annoying. Because, you know, as a pastor, I want to be liked, right? And so, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'll let somebody else do the stuff that makes people not like. But, you know, folks, we ought to be able to handle that kind of thing. So, well, I, I don't really like that. I, I don't like fatherly. Well, hey, you know, again, you can go do your own thing when it comes to soul winning. You have every right and every authority to do that. But we do have to have an organized time, and we do have to have somebody in charge. We've got to have somebody that's keeping track of where we're going, that's, you know, marking off these areas. We have to have someone who assigns the different places for people to go because we can't just have a free-for-all. I mean, if, if, we're, if we're having 20, 30 people all go out to one of these small towns and just everybody just goes wherever they feel like going, we're not going to get everything. We're all going to be tripping over each other. It's going to be a mess. Somebody's got to be in charge. And you know what? Whenever we put somebody in charge, they might not be very good at what they do at first. But you've got to give them time to grow and to learn. They're going to, there's going to be some trial and error. And, and they're, they are, they're probably going to do a bad job at first. But you know what you need to do? You need to, you need to help them. You need to just try to help whatever they're doing, make it succeed and work. They are doing the Lord's work to the best of their ability right now, and you ought to be behind them. You ought to support them. And when you are out there 
following their lead, even if they're doing a bad job, you are doing the Lord's work right now. And he's not going to reward you based on that person's success or even based on your success. It's whether or not you are doing what you've been called to do. And at that time, you know, whatever it is, that's what you need to do. And so we do, we need, we need people who will take the time to help keep these things organized. And so that way you as a soul winner, we want you to be able to know wherever you go to knock doors that it's not some place that we've just been. Because, you know, we all get yelled at sometimes for different reasons, but we don't, you know, we don't want to provoke it. And, and nobody wants that and it never feels good when that happens. And so if somebody keeping track of these things, being organized can help avoid that, that's good. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Right? And, you know, as a soul winner, you know, I just want, I just want someone, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. I just want someone, and it doesn't matter who, to just let me know where I can go and talk to some people that this church hasn't talked to in a long time. And I'll tell you right now, I hate organizing everything. I hate figuring out where to go. I hate driving everybody around and dropping them off. I, I hate doing all that stuff. And you know what? I just don't want to do it. I, I really don't want to do it. I, I, I want somebody else to do that for me. Right? But it, here's the thing. You know, you all do a good job following my lead, you know, because I'm the pastor, right? You know, I got, I got the top spot or whatever. But how are you going to do if we put the least esteemed person? You know, you ought to be the exact same way with them as you are with me. And if you're not, if you do great following my lead and you don't do, and you don't do equally as good following somebody else's lead, you have a problem and you ought to support them and follow their leadership just like you would anybody else. If the Pope himself came, all right, or not, I know not the Pope, but Paul, the apostle, you know, whoever, you know, the John R. Rice, you know, Curtis Hudson, you know, whoever, if they came and let someone, you ought to follow the least esteemed person in the church who's got an area, who's got a job or whatever, you ought to follow that person the same way. All I need is just some, I, I do, I just want to show up and just tell me where to go. You know, I, that's why I like when we went to Chicago. You know, I, I don't organize any of that stuff, but I don't mind just showing up, just tell me where to go. Which way do I go? What street did I do? And then I just go. That, that's what I want to do. I don't want to organize it. And there might, you know, there might be some of you here, that's how you feel about it. And so it shouldn't matter you know, who, who's in charge, but you know, there might be some here. You are an organized person. You know, you don't, you don't mind keeping track of these things and all, all that kind of stuff. And if you want to be a part of that, man, that would be wonderful. We need it. It, it will be a blessing. And so uh, I said, if putting someone in charge of a soulning group threatens you, if it causes a power struggle, then we got some spiritual needs that need taken care of. And just let me know. And man, we'll, we'll have a revival meeting and I'll preach the revival and, and we'll have an altar call every night and I will do whatever we got to do to get you to the altar to get that right because you need to get that right. That's, that's a very serious problem. That is not how Christians are supposed to be. We shouldn't have power struggles in the church. All right. What, what do we think we are? A bunch of Southern Baptist women. We're going to get all caught up in these you know things and you know have to have all these committees and just, you know, deacon fights and all the stuff that they deal with all the time. That is not what we are. And don't ever let it become that. And so, you know, James 3, 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that ye shall receive the greater condemnation. Hey, when you get some responsibility, when you get some authority, there's accountability that comes with that. 
And you know, when you, and if you are given some kind of authority, it shouldn't go to your head. You shouldn't start pounding your chest and thinking you're all that. You know what it ought to do? It ought to humble you. It ought to scare you. And you ought to take it really serious. And if you're somebody who's not necessarily an authority, you ought to understand the position that that person's in. And you know what you ought to do? You ought to respect them and be thankful that somebody's doing it. And you know what? You should be thankful somebody's doing it and it's not you. That's what you should be thankful for. Have you ever seen that in those situations where people got to make really tough choices and you're just glad? I'm glad it's not me making that choice. I've seen it before in other churches where pastors are dealing with really difficult situations and they have really tough choices to make. And you know what my thought is when I see those guys? I'm glad I'm not making that choice right now. And you know what I shouldn't do? I shouldn't sit there armchair, you know, armchair quarterbacking everything they do or Monday morning quarterbacking everything they do. I should just be thankful that that's not my job. And I'm just glad that they're doing it. That should be my attitude. And so as someone participating in group soul winning, you know, you need to be flexible and you need to be willing to sometimes get dropped off on the street where the houses are spread out and that you have to walk up a hill for every single one of them in a place that's just not receptive. And, you know, and that stinks sometimes because, you know, when we're out there, we all want to get somebody saved. You know, we all, we all want that receptive area, but, you know, we, we can't just go there every week. We've got to go everywhere. And so you got to understand, if you're involved in organized soul winning, sometimes that person that's in charge, not on purpose, not because he has it out for you, but there's going to be several weeks where you're going to go out and you're probably not going to get anybody saved. And you're going to not have a lot of reception I mean, you can go out weeks at a time and sometimes not even get a gospel presentation out. And that can get discouraging. And that's one of the reasons we have the times we do where we take the trips to different places that are more receptive and we try to keep those things in mind. But listen, if you really need that motivation, if you really, you know, if you're, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with you having goals about how many people you want to get saved. You know, but at the same time, you've got to understand, you know, when it comes to the organized sewing we do here, there's going to be weeks where we're going to slow down that quota for you. And so maybe you just need to go do some of your own stuff and just say, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take a trip over here because, you know, I've been getting nothing lately. But you know what you shouldn't do? You'd be getting a bad attitude towards our church and our organized soul winning and whoever's in charge of that time. You shouldn't get a bad attitude towards that. That's just how it's going to be. That's, that's just, that's life. That's what it means is when we, you know, if we're going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that means not just the receptive ones. We've got to go to those unreceptive areas, the ritzy areas, and we all don't like going to those places, but we have to. And you are, some days I do, I just go out and I do, I, I really, I'm just, I'm really hungry to get somebody. And it seems like that's when I end up in some area where it's just not going to be that great. And you are, you're going to have that area. You do, you just need that soul to get saved and you're going to get, you know, sent to, you know, Park Avenue or, you know, the fancy street or something where with all the rich people that are too good for you and, you know, too good for heaven and everything. And you're just not going to accomplish anything. Or, you know, one of those days where there's no, you know, you go to the Ritz areas and they're never home. And like nobody answers the doors. But you can't get a bad attitude when that happens, folks. That's part of organized soul winning. We're going to have to, we're going to have to do those things and go through those areas. That is life. There's always going to be a better place we could have gone, but that shouldn't affect your attitude either way. So in group soul winning, your priority should always be on the group and not just yourself. Okay? And, you know, always be thinking about the time. Remember, you're not, you're not the only one that's here. People are waiting on you. You know, and, you know, and often, too, there's other responsibilities. 
that we have here at the church. And, 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 you know, we've got, we need to be back in time for choir practice and the other things we have going on. And I've seen this before. People have had this attitude. Yeah, well, you know, soul winning is obviously way more important than choir practice. And so, you know, if we're all late for choir practice or whatever, you know, who cares? But folks, I'm telling you right now, that's a bad attitude. That's a bad attitude. When it comes to the ministry of this church, okay, our ministries should never be in conflict with each other, become competition with each other. We are all working together in this thing. And so soul winning is not an excuse to get out of or inconvenience other organized church activities. If you have committed to another ministry in the church, you know, don't use soul winning as an excuse to get out of that. You committed to that. I, I really think soul winning is more important, and I really need to get that extra hour. Well, does it have to be the hour of choir practice? Why can't it be another time during the week? Why, why is that the only time of the week when you can do that? You know, but yet people do, they just act like, no. Today, right now, at this time, it's the most important thing in the world. And, and you know, people do that too. You know, you'll be in a group. There's a group of people. We're supposed to be done at whatever time. But, you know, you, you've got to reach that one more soul. And you're going to make everybody wait on you. All the other people, it's for a soul. You know, what does a man probably gain the whole world, lose his own soul? Hey, there's always going to be another soul to win out there. There's always going to be one more door that you can knock. The last thing we want to be doing is letting somebody mess everything up towards discouraging all the other soul owners. Where, you know, we want people to continue doing this type of thing. But if it's creating conflict, then we've got a problem. And so you've got to, when you're out there doing your own thing, go as long as you want. Take all the time that you want. But when it's an organized thing, you need to always be watching the clock. You always need to be thinking about everybody else. It's not just you out there. Don't make people go out and organize a search party and go finding you. You know, if, if, you're, if you're in that house too, this is why you have a silent partner too. I mean, you know, they, isn't, it, isn't it a blessing when you get invited into the house on those cold days? You know, it, it, you know it's, it's a blessing. Brother Jerry and Brother Chris got that. They got to get invited inside yesterday when it was cold when we were out. That's a blessing. But you know what? If, if that happens, and especially if it's starting to get close to that time when you're supposed to be done, you should let somebody know what's going on and where you're at. Because there's nothing more frustrating than driving around with 10 other people in the van looking for your carcass everywhere and wonder if we need to call the cops like you got kidnapped or something. You know, you know um, the soul, so, and, and, and I get it, man, every soul is important, but you've got to remember the ministry of the church is important too. And you can't get so self-centered what you're doing and focus, focused on that one thing you're doing that you forget everything else. That is not a good attitude. You should always keep those things in mind. And so uh, in group, in group soul winning, your priority should be on the group, not yourself. Always be thinking about these things. And so soul winning, or everyone, uh, so every, uh, I already covered that, but every ministry in the church is very important. And... It isn't soul winning that gets in the way of ministries, of you know these ministries. It's your lack of cooperation. You know that's what you know that's what's causing these problems. And so we need to make sure that we're all cooperating and think about everything. Everything is more important. If if your ministry in the church, you know whatever it is, especially when it involves groups, you know, you need to make sure that you 
fulfill those things to the best of your ability, that you're on time, you help those things run smoothly, and we can't be letting the different ministries create conflict and competition in the church. That will just destroy all of them. All the ministries are important. Ephesians 4, 1 says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord Jesus, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness. Okay, whatever, you're, whatever you've been called to do, you ought to have a lowly and meek attitude. You know what your attitude shouldn't be? Well, you know, I'm in the soul winning ministry. You know, they're in the choir ministry. You know, that, that's, that, you know souls are so much more important than, than singing. Hey, whatever vocation you've been called with, you ought to have a lowly attitude about it. You know what you should do? You should put them above you and say, I'm not going to inconvenience that. You know why? Look at verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's what we're trying. You know, we're trying to be united here. We're trying to work. We're trying to work together. Amos three three. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And so every you know, and especially too as a pastor, when it comes to the things that I'm doing, the things that I plan, I'm trying to think about the church as a whole. And if you have a responsibility in the church. You know, whatever it is, whatever area, obviously, if, you know, that's going to be the thing that you focus on the most, but you should also have a church as a whole mentality too. That needs to be the attitude. And I've seen it before in churches where ministries, they do, they just, they conflict with each other. And they, and there's like literal opponents and teams in the church working against each other. That's terrible. That shouldn't happen. And we, we can't let that kind of thing happen. We never want two ministries to become competition. And you know what? We don't want two soul-winning groups to become competition with each other either. It, that, that shouldn't happen. And if it is competition, it's just to motivate each other to do more. But at the end of the day, you should be cheering you know, for, for the other side to do good. Because you know what all we really need when it comes to our organized soul winning? We just need places for people to go. And that's why, too, you know, we need different groups. Okay? And it's not that we got these different groups are like different you know, teams where we're competing or, you know, you have your elite group and your sub part, you know, no, we just need places to go. That's all there is to it. That's why we have these different groups. It makes it easier to keep it organized, to, you know, make sure we're covering everything, to know what all's going on. All we need is just places to go. And it really shouldn't matter. Just, you're actually, just give me somebody to talk to. Give me a street. That's all we need. Just give me a street. And so something... Uh, and I've, I've preached a whole message on this before. I'm not going to really spend any time on this. But something that organized soul winning does besides winning souls, because this is another reason it's a ministry, it's not, it doesn't just get people saved. And we love that it does, but one of the reasons I like organized soul winning is because, one, it's good fellowship, and we need good fellowship. You know, that's a good way for people to fellowship with each other, get to know each other. You know what else? It's good advertisement for the church. And nothing wrong with advertising as a church. It puts many things that the Bible teaches in perspective. I've, I've talked about that before. I mean, when you get out there and you see the world, you see different people, talk to different people, all of a sudden, a lot more things in the Bible start making sense. It helps you get outside your own little world. So th- that's good for you as a Christian across the board. It, you know, it develops your character in many ways. And I can't remember what sermon. I preached a sermon on that, basically just talking about like, Side effects, or uh, positive side effects of soul winning or something like that. And it was a bunch of things. Was it the Spirit of Liberty that we did that? I think I preached a sermon too on that though. But yeah, we did a Spirit of Liberty program on that. I think I preached a sermon on it once too. But either way, go find those things. They're online somewhere. 
But, you know, but so, and, and again, organized soul winning, it motivates others to keep soul winning. Some of you need it. I need it. I'll admit it right now. If, if I don't have somebody waiting for me to go soul winning, I can find a lot of excuses not to go. And, and so, you know, it, it's going to help across the board. So bottom line is this ministry, it is good for our church in many ways. Your participation, your cooperation in it, it's going to help our church. In many ways, it's, it's not just going to get people saved. It's going to help our church. And we do. We want it to help our church. So we need it. We need a good, strong, organized soul winning ministries. So these are and these are all good reasons. I think you should be a part of the organized soul winning efforts in the church. I think I think everybody ought to try if you can. Sometimes schedules won't allow it. You know, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, sometimes people can't do it. But at the end of the day, you know, you ought to you ought to try because Keeping those soul winning groups strong is going to help keep us from going to that attitude of, well, we just tell everybody to go out and you know, everybody does their own thing. Because you know why a lot of churches do that? Because when they have the organized soul winning time, nobody comes. And then they just get, they get discouraged. And nobody wants to admit we quit soul winning in our church. So what they do is they adopt a new program where everybody just go do your thing. And then, all right, we got a program. I hope somebody's doing something, you know, but, but, but you and I know I'm getting done. So, uh, when it comes to our plans, our priorities as a church, you need to understand we are, we're trying, we're not, we're, we're trying to build a strong soul winning ministry that accomplishes all the things that we've talked about. And when it comes to you as an individual, often the focus can be, can become just on you getting someone saved and if you're not careful you can start to get a bad attitude you know if you have several weeks where you get put in that difficult area that's just not receptive but you just got to understand that's part of it you know that's part of it you just need to be faithful god will give you that harvest of souls god will give you that day where you go and you get the whole family saved at one time and you just have you know god will give you that if, if you just stay faithful you just need to do what you need to do and so what we need to take i believe what we need to take our soul into the next level of this church is really we need more organization, we need more cooperation, you know, with everything. We need more people taking on leadership, and we need more people humbly and willingly following that leadership without it becoming a power struggle. And I'm saying a lot of this stuff before the problems have even happened, but I'm telling you right now, I if we have power struggles, we have a real spiritual problem. If you're all talking about who's in charge all the time and how bad the job they're doing and you know, how this person, I can do it better, you have a spiritual problem. I'm just telling you that right ahead of time. Psalms 133.1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, and, and remember, because again, everybody has their area. Okay? And sometimes people do. Their main focus in the church ministry it's on the soul winning program. And if that's where God has gifted you, there's nothing wrong with that. That makes sense. But you've got to understand, as a church, you know, and, and as a pastor, I'm thinking about the ministry as a whole. And I see the soul winning ministry as just one ministry of many that we have in our church. It's a part of what we do. And it is a very important part. But I don't want it to be come in conflict with anything else. I don't want it to cause, it shouldn't cause conflict in the church and and often it does but when when something like soul, a soul winning program begins to cause conflict in a church mark it down 
It's a sin problem. And, that's, and the thing is, too, and that's going to happen because everybody going out souling is sinners. But we've got to learn to get those things under control, get them out of the way. And I believe if we do, God will bless us. We'll be able to maintain a spirit of unity. And we'll be able to continue accomplishing great things for God. And so I, I hope this all makes sense. I, I hope you understand why all these things are important. And every time you're going out, you know, just you know, keep that good attitude. Don't get discouraged if for several weeks you go out and you're not getting somebody saved. As long as, as, long as our church is getting people saved and, and you were doing anything that had to do with it. You know, just remember, if you hadn't knocked that street where nobody got saved, then that other person who got somebody saved probably would have been knocking that street. And then nobody would have got saved. So no matter what, you're always helping. Every time you're out there, you're always doing a good work. You're always helping. And the Lord is keeping track, and he is going to reward you. Every single time, you, you, just, you can't go wrong by going soul winning. You, you just you can't. And, and so uh, I hope this was a help. I hope everybody understands this, and it will help us uh, keep that spirit of unity as we get close to 2022, where we're planning on having our best year ever. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much, uh, Lord, for uh, this church and for the soul winners that are here and just, uh, Lord, just, you know, it, it amazes me and just uh, encourages me so much as I see uh, people just regularly going out there, serving you in this area, Lord. It, it is a humbling thing. And I just pray, Lord, that we'll uh, keep the right spirit in this church, that we'll keep our focus right. You'll help us to be uh, more organized and, and united on these things because, Lord, we do. We want this ministry of, of Liberty Baptist Church to be strong. We want to see more people get saved. And so I pray uh, you'll work on all of our hearts in this area. And that I pray 2022 will just be our best year that we've ever had uh, in this area. And uh, we thank you for uh, your, your help and bl uh, your blessing on this church. We pray you'll just uh, keep it strong. In your name we pray. Amen.